Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, your life connection to the information for a healthy body, an enlightened mind, and a renewed spirit. Welcome to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Straight talk, enthusiastic support, and heartfelt encouragement for you to open up to your sacred sexuality. And now your host, Leslie Blackburn. Hello all. Thanks for joining, joining in live or joining in the archives. I'm really honored to be here to explore these topics of sexuality and consciousness and right relationship with our bodies, with each other as humans, with plants and animals and the earth. And frankly, in the process of like decolonizing, of recognizing the way in which there's been a huge rift in that right relationship in our times in the last millennia and how we all have a role to play to unpack that. And it's connected. It's all interconnected, you know, how we relate as humans and care about each other and how we love and the power of our sacred sexuality. So as we embark today, we're going to begin with a little bit of a settling in of listening to our bodies And in these shows, often we're exploring some meditations, discussion, awareness, education on all these facets of our sexuality and consciousness, often that we don't get a chance to talk about or that get hidden away in the shadows. So here we are to embark on that together and just be who we are. So I'm noticing like this morning as I began this, as I prepared for this, I was just like... I'm just going to be here. You know, there's a heightened sense of I have to get ready. I'm excited. And then, yes, and I'm just here. So I'm calling it like decolonizing this show, this way we have this urgency in white supremacist culture around like we must do and it's the next thing. And can we back up and just be? So here I am being, feeling a little tension and a little buzz in my solar plexus and belly, Ah, a little tightness in my throat, and as I say all that, I feel myself shift back and feel my back body a little bit more, my tailbone drops, and I remember that it's all okay, I'm just here. So let's explore that a little bit, an invitation into your own body as we ah, close your eyes if it feels available or not. You know, are you seated, lying down, standing, moving through your day? Wherever you are, take a moment to breathe and simply notice your body. What's going on with your shoulders? What's it like to back up a little bit and drop down and feel a sense of support? Maybe even increase your sense of support. Ah, creating comfort. Giving yourself permission to feel good, to feel pleasure. Like, oh yeah, yeah, you're allowed to actually increase your sense of comfort and support. No, you don't have to push past that. And as I say that, I'm going to do that for me. Aha. Great. And then inviting a little, just a little scan through the body, through the midline, and hold a sense of light and space, maybe a little length, maybe even micro adjustments for length as you notice the crown of the head the centers of the brain, behind the eyes, the roof of the mouth, 
and the throat, the space behind the heart, diaphragm, down in the deep belly, pelvic bowl, pelvic floor, sit bones, leg bones and hip sockets, knees and lower legs, heel bones, soles of the feet, tips of each toe, allowing your roots from your pelvis, from your feet, from your whole back body perhaps, just to spiral down through any structures you're on or in, down through any spaces below those and into the foundation if you're in a building, and pass that into the soil of the earth, wherever you are, you have access to the roots in the soil. Down in the soil, past the water table, and into the central core of the earth, wrapping around the core. And then gently widening, feeling your midline, this connection and ground and orient, which way is east in your space? And don't stress if you're not sure. Trust. And then the south and the west and the north, above and below. And calling in our ancestors, those well and kind, vibrant and resourced, who know this work, the queer ones, the witchy ones, ones that really know right relationship with our bodies, with each other, with the planet, with our sexuality. We all have these ancestors in our lines, the really well vibrant ones. And you're welcome to come in, hold us please, in a pillar of light to support the highest possibility for each of us and for how we relate with each other and healing, healing for ourselves and in our ancestral lines, which is what we're going to talk about today. Feeling the support of the well ones. We might have to go pretty far back to meet those in our personal lines, and that's okay. Go as far back as we need to and have them come into the inner circle, holding a boundary from the less well ones for now. And thank you, thank you for the support and support of the ancestors and the spirits of this land or the land where you are. I'm on Anishinaabe land that later became known as Ann Arbor, Michigan. So thank you as you feel into this moment. Gently widen your awareness, feeling the space around you, and open your eyes to come back into the space of relating in the 3D world. Yay. So here we are. And today what I want to explore is what I'm calling healing with the ancestors. And it's coming from this place, this really authentic place in my personal journey right now. So let's just speak what is, right? We are still in the midst of major pandemics. I love, I listened to a speaker this weekend at an event called Getting Real About Race. And one of those speakers said, we're not talking about a pandemic. Yes, we are, you know, COVID. And the pandemics also including, you know, the, the racial injustices and other things that are happening in the world. And it's not like any of those are brand new, but they are rising to the surface in a new way. They're rising into our consciousness in a new way, and they can't be ignored, no matter what we're doing. And that's what's really clear for me. That's what got really clear. Like, all of our work in this world right now, I believe, is centered on being here in right relationship with each other and acknowledging the fact that that's not true for all beings and those in black and brown bodies and those lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer, intersex, asexual, like all the ways in which we may relate, able-bodied, less able-bodied, differently (laughs) able-bodied, I shouldn't say less, differently able-bodied. And, um, you know, so the ways in which we, we aren't actually 
walking in an equal world. And that even creating equality without addressing the, the big pink elephants in the room is not really addressing equality because it has a sense of like, no, we're all equal. Yeah, true. And there are disparities. So we have to actively rise up and raise up the disparities to even get close to equality or equity, you know, to really like reparations. How do we repair the rift that's happened of the differences in the way we treat each other on this planet and come into our own journey of healing and forgiveness in that. And it's different for each body. Those of us in white bodies, white passing bodies, brown and black bodies, we all hold this differently. And we've talked before on past shows about some of these details that we'll come back to in pieces as we go. And one of the things that I've been guided into through this time is that in these times of pandemics, to really heal um, is to also acknowledge that as individual humans, many of us, frankly, due to colonization and the rift that that created of so many peoples from their lands, either in a chosen way or in a non-chosen way. There's a rift, there's a disconnect that happened, an uprooting and uplifting of people from lands to other lands, either forcefully by their own will, but maybe forcefully because of like the need to leave terror and escape, or maybe, you know, in the process of sort of taking new lands, like, and, and the colonizer sort of perpetrator side of that. So there's all sorts of layers to this and they show up differently for each person. The core to that, the thread that I see in terms of what we can do now so many generations later is acknowledge that these pieces are in our bodies that genetically, generationally, I'll say, we carry wisdom of our ancestors, both blessings and burdens in our bodies. And that starting to see those, meet them, get curious about them, and unwind, unwind the way old stories still fuel our actions in harmful ways. And also find forgiveness and build reparations. Um, make, you know, make rec- reparations, make change and lift everyone up. And that healing really, um, one piece of that, there's many ways we can meet this work. And one piece of that is what I will call healing with our ancestors. And that's just waking up to see, for me, it was my personal waking up to see that, oh, you mean I actually have to, I have to look at my own ancestry? Like I did this really good job growing up of sort of rejecting my own ancestry, um, my bio- biological family and, and um, the, you know, my most, more, more recent ancestors, so to speak, more recently dead, I will put it. Um, I had this almost rejection of, you know, yeah, there were some places that felt really good. And actually I had a one connection that, that really came in strong for me, but the, the others, like much of them were just frustrating. And I'm like, Oh, I just need to get away from that. So I spent a good part of my life sort of doing my best to not pay attention to anything about my family or my ancestry. Um, because I didn't think it was important, you know, like I just need to move on. I need to go do my thing. Um, be who I am, express who I am. And let's not worry about those people. And I think that's really common, um, especially for those of us in white bodies that were part of the move from Western Europe to um, the colonization process of Western Europe to the uh, North America. And um, this process of rejecting those pieces of our lineage means we're cutting ourselves off partially because we don't know there's been, you know, so many generations of cutting off maybe fueled from like, Oh my gosh, the horrors that white people were doing to white people back in England in the 1600s, for example, in 1500s, 1400s, 1300s, you know, oof, medieval Europe was not a fun place to be. And um, those horrors, of course, people wanted to leave. So there's this way in which like, Oh, we need to get the heck out of here. 
find a new place, find a new land. Unfortunately, that meant stripping others away from the land or harming them. And um, start a new life. So it may have come originally with good intentions um, and maybe even sometimes not even realizing how horrifying they were being to the new to the new land and the new people. But we've got to start to see it and recognize it for what it was and and reclaim and love back into wholeness our lines, our ancestral lines. So why am I talking about like ancestral healing when we're on a program about sacred sexuality? Well, to me, sexuality and sacred sexuality is so much about really finding and connecting with who we are authentically and feeling safe and good and yummy to express our authenticity, <clears throat> no matter what that may be, whether that's in our gender expression, our sexual choices, how we want to be with ourselves and others. But that sexuality without authenticity, without that authenticity or that chance to be really who we are is a really thin soup. And so when we can reclaim and be with who we are, which includes like intact connection back through our lines to the wellness that is part of our existence on the planet, that's how we can really build our capacity to be with our own power and to trust who we are. How can we trust who we are if we don't, you know, really, truly, if we, if we really don't have a sense of who our people are? So as I, as I started to embark on that journey and got curious about it, and it was not overnight, it's been a, it's been a bit now, um, I, I, I want to speak a little gratitude for, for the, the inspirations that have supported me on my personal journey one of which is Daniel Four and his work online and also his book, Ancestral Medicine. And in his work and actually in other anti-racism work, I actually met this person in other anti-racism work. Their name is Elisheva Wolf. And through their work, I have been able to deepen with some ancestral healing. And, um, and then other friends and teachers and guides on a personal level. And I just want to call out Taina, thank you, love, friend, who we've been doing ancestral calls together, sort of buddy calls every week or two, where we are doing our own awareness work with ancestry and then checking in with each other and sharing stories. And that's just incredible. What an incredible way to support each other in in our work together. And I invite as you're embarking upon healing work to reach and create that support network, whatever it looks like for you. But that part of what we're healing, you know, we're healing rifts that were created in relationship. The whole colonization process, right? The sort of like this trauma that was created in relating, uh, forcing people, uh, African people from their homes and their people and their land and their families to come across the ocean and become slaves. You know, and then the white folks often in the places of doing that were were so disconnected from their own heritage and roots. And and um, so we there's just been so many rifts. So like reclaiming and letting ourselves um, rebuild the places in which trauma was created in relationship. Really, a lot of that rebuilding, that healing happens in our own practice, but in our own practice in conjunction with community and care so that we heal in the relational space what was rifted in the relational space. And it's, it's profound work to do and needed. As we, so as we then meet this question of ancestral healing, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Like, what do I mean by that? Because I think it gets sometimes a little misinterpreted, like as I've talked to folks and asked questions, like I'm learning the way and, and just the way I saw it in the beginning, like uh, I'm learning the way that sometimes it seems is, is not quite the way I now know it to be for me. So as an offering, I think many folks leap when we talk about ancestral healing. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I have a relationship with my grandparents. I had this really great grandma that, I mean, this wonderful grandmother who, you know, I meet 
in the realm of the ancestors, right? Who's passed and, and now we have a relationship with, and that's great. Like when that's available for us, that's awesome. It's not, not have a well and kind ancestor that close to us in the lineage, meaning generationally that close to us as a grandmother, that's only like two generations away, right? For many of us, it may be much, much farther back or for any of us in any one of our lines, it may be much, much farther back. So we may have one close, well, one that feels like a resource in one line, but in another line, oh my gosh, uh, thousands of years back, there's much trauma is not the wellness of real support. So what I'm talking about when I talk about ancestors is really, and borrowing from Daniel four is really kind of looking at, we have us, the, the ones still embodied here on this planet and our more recent um, family. So in my case, my parents, for example, are still here on the planet. And then um, beyond that, all my grandparents have passed. So from my grandparents back are all in the realm of the other, right? So there's the more recent ones, the more recently dead, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, and the ones we can name, you know, and each might have different, awarenesses of that have been able to name many generations or not very many, none at all. Um, we have all sorts of different situations in this for our bodies, but we have kind of the named ones. And then we have this, this sort of era, this region of like the, un, the, we can't really name them. We don't have names for them, but they're in the more recent thousand or 2000 years. And then we go back far enough and there's like sort of the 20,000 years ago when actually we were all connected and intact um, as a humanity in Africa that everyone descended from. So what I, my experience has been, and with the um, help of, of the work that I described, was like, oh, you mean we can go back and find and connect with, like an ask for, ask for. And that's part of it. You just have to ask, slow down, listen and ask and, and actually connect with the really well, kind, vibrant, resourced and well-nourished guides that know right relationship with the land and with nature, right relationship with each other as humans and plants and animals, and really can hold the space so they're they're well and resourced and vibrant and as Daniel Four says, and the second piece is, are they willing? Are they willing and able? Do they want to help you connect, heal and repair those lines? And we all have access to these folks. They're there. It's just for some, it may be thousands and thousands of years ago, we're connecting with them versus somebody who is more recently dead as a grandmother or a great grandmother or father. So that awareness really, actually, it buoyed me when I learned that. I was like, oh, really? Me, me too? <laughs> I could actually find that and connect with that? And the answer is yes. And I have, or I've begun. It's not over. It's still a journey. And that in the process then of meeting and connecting with these well ones, we can ask for their support. First of all, we can work with really healthy boundaries. So this is another way that this weaves into my work in sacred sexual healing is that the creation of container and boundaries become crucial in all of our relational spaces, whether that's with ourselves or the land or other people, and especially also with our ancestors. And in the same way that in our waking lives with some of these people or ways we relate on the earth, we don't maybe hold the boundaries we need to hold or boundaries, you know, just get misunderstood. Um, that can happen also with the ancestors. And the reality is with the support of our own presence and choice and the well ones that we connect with in our lines, we can hold the boundaries with the less well ones. And sometimes we need to do that. There may be folks in our lines that have, um, and again, this is rooted in Daniel's Four's work, that have quite an influence on our, on our um, 
on our lives, you know, so they may be not so well and they may actually be still influencing us unbeknownst to us, you know, or influencing family members unbeknownst to them. So to it, it, so in this work, it's really important to hold and be clear about boundaries and contain containers so that we're actually asking for a holding space for healing and not just creating more trauma. And that's powerful work and so possible. Um, and so I'm going to have us take a short break and we're going to come back and we're going to go a little deeper in this path of healing with the ancestors to support our journey on this planet in relationship, whether that's with our own bodies, each other, the land and nature, and just being with this path of sacred sexuality. Mind Spirit Radio. Today is Tuesday, October 20th, 2020, and you are listening to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you would like to talk with Leslie live on the air, give us a call at 646-378-0378. That number again is 646-378-0378. And now back to your host, Leslie Blackburn. Hmm, thank you, my love. Ah, so on our journey of healing with the ancestors, that first step of awareness for me was that, oh wow, you mean we can really connect with well guides in our lines even if we didn't think that they were there? And the answer is totally yes. And I know this from my own experience, as well as, of course, from what was shared through the work of Daniel Four and others. So um, as I then, I want to share a little of my story and like even what emerged this morning as I checked in with the ancestors. I'm like, all right, I'm about to do a radio show about all this. Tell me what I need to know. And uh, please, (laughs) and um, just sort of that ask and kind of felt into the message that I got. So starting with that, actually, you know, I was on the land, um, the sun's kind of filtering through the trees and there's like golden light and flutters and um, leaves here in the fall, October in Michigan. So space in the trees where the leaves were little bits of yellow and orange and green still hanging and little sparkles of water droplets from the tips and occasional breezes that would flutter those water droplets down on me. And I stood there by an outdoor altar that I have for my ancestors with stones to honor a guide in my mother's line and with an own gong that I made through Daniel Ford's guidance in the book for my mother's father's line. And um, I, I asked questions around like, okay, here I am. And I just got honest and kind of emotional around like some things that have been alive for me. And I'm like, in the ancestral healing work, this has been so important, but how do I convey it? Like, what's, what's this like? And part, a message, a little theme that came through is this idea of history I've noticed and bumped up against um, viewpoints that I've had in the past that folks in my family have now that are, oh, well, actually, yeah, um, that are that the, the history was the history of the U.S., for example, or the history that we learn about the world is this thing that we learn out of textbooks in school. And, you know, I grew up with like, oh, that must be the way it is because that's what I saw. And yet I I hated it personally. 
So I just, as a little kid, like, oh, my God, history class is the last thing on earth that I liked. I just, anything I do to just get through that class and get it over with, um, you know, it was usually sort of brute force memory, not really learning anything. And, of course, I still don't even remember what we're required to remember to take the test and then poof, it's out of my head again, you know, remembering which date was which and and, uh, you know, and it was focused as I could see now. So when I fast forward to now and look back, I'm like, no wonder I was bored stiff. It was such a patriarchal colonized view of history. So when we learn history from a history book, we're relying completely on how that book was written or who wrote it and what the lens of who wrote that was. And if we're reading it from the white men who colonized the planet or the the country we're of course going to get a completely different lens than say the black women who were brought here forcefully and you know trying to figure out how to support their families in slavery and seeing daughters ripped away from them to go to different plantations like you're going to get a different lens of the history and so i i feel like I feel like no wonder my little self was just like kind of appalled and nauseated by the history I was being fed. I never bought into it. And some of my family has really stayed with it um, and just sort of feels a fear. So just to give a lens or a perspective from the other side, I noticed how in a conversation with a very, with a, close lineage family member, but not a very emotionally close family member, that they really still saw that as a problem, like that we wanted to try to see history differently, scared them. And I read that as they were feeling really threatened, that somehow what they grew up learning and knowing was no longer true. And that what I felt sort of emanating from them was a huge fear, like such a big fear that there was almost a fear of annihilation and therefore a strong defense of this thing, this construct of the way um, history looks. And that if we don't you know, go back to that history the way it was once written, then we've lost something or we're going to, it was like the extent of what was happening in this person's nervous system that I could feel was such a deep fear they were being threatened. And in our conversation, it wasn't my intention to threaten. I was offering a, an additional perspective, and it, won, it was one that was not welcome. And so, you know, it frustrated me. And then I, I just dropped in and went, like, clearly the level of response this is creating. Because we were, let's be frank, we were talking about race. It actually started by me coming out. I was talking about being queer and poly and talking about the ways in which the current administration creates harm for folks in communities like mine and in communities of black and brown bodies. Like, But I didn't even, I hadn't really intended to even talk about that piece. I was trying to go one step at a time, but it went there, which was great. And I'm glad. And it was very uncomfortable for this family member. And, um, what I realized was I wasn't going to soothe or placate or try to make it okay for this family member because being in our discomfort is part of the process of learning and growing. But I was, and so I was going to love this person and I reminded them of that and be like, this is true. This is my truth. And so I'm not sure yet um, where and how we'll go from here. But I bring it up around this quality of history. Like there was this huge defensiveness and fear. And I was like, wow, for me, something like dropping in and seeing and feeling and trusting that there is another, there's another true voice that can come through has become almost a given. And I'm now realizing it's not a given. And so, so like to give myself a little permission to be like, okay, I don't have to get defensive around this. I can hold open a really wide space of love to go, it's okay to acknowledge other viewpoints and to really be clear about what's true for me. So back to what I meant this morning is I'm sitting at the, or standing at the ancestor altar 
And my guides are telling me, like, they will help reveal the true history. It is not just what was written in the patriarchy. That's a big deal. Our ancestors help reveal the true history. And why is that important? Because as we remember, we can reclaim and bring life back. And the what that why that's important or why that's connected also with the ancestry is there's so much when I talk about the patriarchy, I just mean the way in which white, typically male, male um, structures sort of rose up as because of dominant culture, right? That's a dominant culture. So those structures are going to be the ones that make way and get embedded into the whole society that we're all part of, we're all creating, but was not created with equal representation. So when it's created from one view, that means something as simple, like the whole society is built on it. So something as simple as like genealogy research at a high level, if we don't even talk about ancestral healing in the realm of other, we just talk about looking at family trees online. It's so structured around white supremacist culture. Um, It's set up around male, female, binary genders, right? It's set up around marriages, meaning one thing and one thing only, and that like descendants only come from marriages. Like I can't literally the software that I was using. I have a family member I know now um, through direct story from this work, from connecting with a guide. I connected with a guide who actually helped me reconnect with a living family member who I was able to talk to and get actual stories and go, you've got to be kidding me. I had no idea that my great grandmother had been adopted. So what happens is like none of the tools show that because they make this assumption, even if you can go in and try to show, okay, this is her adopted parents and this is her biological mom. They want to try to attach the fact that her biological mom later married, but her biological mom did not marry and did not have a child with that husband in the era in which she had this child. So this child, we don't know my great grandmother. I don't know her biological father. But it doesn't, like, if you just look at the charts, you can't see that. So, like, just the basics of genealogy research being so steeped in binary gender and the assumptions of a patriarchal dominant culture, which also means I have a privilege that I can actually go back and find my ancestors this way, many of them, and then hopefully learn the true stories as I go from that scaffolding. But many folks can't even do that because... There's so much, um, you know, like folks from Africa that were brought as slaves, um, it's much more difficult to go find and actually connect with, with, um, with ancestry that goes back and, and makes the leap back over the ocean to motherland because um, the dominant culture just didn't keep track of that. Yeah, so anyway... What I got from my ancestors this morning was they will help reveal the true history. It's not always what we thought. And it makes total sense that it isn't because of the way the structures are. So why would that surprise us? And yet it does often surprise us. But the reason they said is like they'll reveal this true history and they will so that you can heal and bring forward the infinite flow of vibrancy through an intact well line to, your, to you and to your family and to your descendants. So let me share that actual with an actual story. It's like, as I connected with, so I started this journey, I actually started back in 2006 when I did connect with a grandmother um, on my dad's side. And she came to me a couple of years after she died and we opened a whole conversation that sort of blew my mind. And that story evolved for years, even a decade or more actually now, 14 years now. And up until a couple of years ago, it was really just me working with her and um, learning the best I could from that one connection. More recently, as I connected with this work 
of Ancestral Medicine by Daniel Flohr and the friends that I talked about and others, I started to realize that, oh, this gives me a tangible structure. That's one of the things I appreciate about Daniel's work is it's, there's a, there's a structure, there's a container, there's a, there's a way to build ritual. Like I, I had already had a lot of awareness and work with building ritual. That was clear and a part of my work, you know, meeting the realm of spirit was already a really strong part of my work. So for me, the, the foundational pieces were already there as a part of my, who I am and my own practice. But then he gives the structure and the recommendations for how to create specific rituals to go and connect with the guides and then do the, the healing, the repair work. And he has, he has a suggestion of focusing with four of your primary lines, because if you think about it, we have, whew, if you go back very far, you know, um, just the math says it exponentially grows so fast how many ancestors we have. So it's really easy for it to become an overwhelming experience of trying to connect um, within only a couple of generations, you know, two parents, four grandparents, eight grand, great, great grandparents, you know, and on and on and on very quickly becomes huge numbers. And so he focuses on the four lines of um, mother, your mother and your mother's, your mother's mother and all the mothers before her your mother's father and all the fathers before him, your father's father and all the fathers before him, and your father's mother and all the mothers before her. And um, when I started to kind of meet that structure and go through the process, I, I honed first in on my mother's father's line, which was not, was not a very well line at all, but was very secretive. And my sense was my grandfather was actually blocking a lot of the impact to our lines or to me anyway. I think I think there was a lot of impact or influence still happening with 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 others in my family. But um and so I did some work with that line first. It was almost like to just get us started and to get up to a sense of wellness that I could now work with my mother's line, my mother's mother's line. And that's the one I want to start or share a little bit of the story around um so I met this guide, and she's – so first, I um, there's steps to this. I'm skipping a lot of them. I'm not trying to convey how to do this work in this moment. But I'll just say I got to a place where I was now asking for uh, a guide to be revealed and checking in on her vibrancy and her willingness and wellness and, like, was this the right one? And I met someone, and it wasn't quite the right one. And she pointed me back to her grandmother and she was the right one. Um, I got a clear message about. And I see her as this, you know, um, this old, this elder. She's got taut skin, um, shiny from the winds and the sun, and bright eyes, gray eyes, like a light color eyes, and light color long straight hair. It was likely blonde at one point, is now gray. And, um, and she has a sparkle, a twinkle, maybe even a sense of mischievous, mis, being mischievous in her eyes. And she's cloaked, um, has a, like a woolen cloak. And she's on a coast, a really rocky, blustery, windy coast that I now know to be something like the western coast of England or Ireland. And uh, she lives in a time where they cooked over fires <clears throat> and lived in small out, out structures. So this was pre, probably even pre-medieval Europe, um, and and she has you know she's she's has connection. She knows the plants of her region. She knows right relationship with the earth and sacred sexuality. She knows womb wisdom. She she's a deep feminine wisdom keeper. Like, and um, so she she and I as I got to know her. Has, it's been quite incredible what I've started to see, what starts to happen, where in this line, um, there's a check-in on like blessings and burdens and, and what do I need to know, learn from, and heal. Um, and the burdens in this line are heavy. Uh, there's a sense of passive aggressiveness, um, of secrecy, um, 
there's a way in which mothers left daughters um, and there's, there, there are others. There are also blessings in this line. And I was really surprised to find them because there's this way in which I just couldn't see it. You know, I just felt frustrated with all of the other pieces. And, and the blessing, one of them was like authentic self-expression. And I'm like, really? <laughs> wow. So, and a few others. Um, but I will say, as the story that I wanted to share, there's a point in the process of like, okay, what's it like to feel and connect with the vibrancy? So if we envision it, this guide has behind her intact well line of ancestors. So there's this like flowing stream of juicy vibrancy that she, that comes up to her. So I did some ritual then to invite, can that healing come forward from her towards me through the, the line and um, the lineage of all the daughters between her and I. And in that healing work, I felt at first it actually had to happen with the granddaughter that I had first met. And in a healing ritual with that granddaughter that I was in and was being held by Elisheva, there was a huge shift. Like there was a huge resistance. Like I just kept meeting like, no, it's not happening. Like I'm asking, can you, are you willing to invite forward the healing and is it available? And like, okay. And I'm waiting. And like, as it turned out, there was resistance, resistance from the granddaughter. So long story short, basically what ended up happening is as we checked in and asked questions and open space and just held what's needed, how can it be tended to the place opened and it's like the floodgates opened, and there was this rush of like, the granddaughter meeting into the embrace of the grandmother and being held and merging back into the intact line and the flood forward of this intact, well, vibrant light <clears throat> um, just poured forth. And I felt, it's like I felt the ripples of it. And it was palpable. And it, it shifted things, not only in our DNA and the line itself, but in the physical 3D world that we're, that I'm walking in, things open and change in ways that we can now learn more or tend differently. Or, you know, like, for example, at one point in this process with this guide, that's how it's like after one of these magical things happened, um, I was able to actually connect with a, a live family member and learn more of the stories, right? So it's like the guides go, I will help you find the thing. So if you've ever done genealogy research in the more sort of traditional way of like looking at family trees and going online and doing research, and you ever feel like you're stuck, like there's a brick wall, like I don't even know who this person is after this person, or I don't have this information here, or I don't know what the story is here. Often, by going into the ancestral realm directly, you'll get the cues, they'll show up. Like, and you can follow them. And then in my case, like just be sort of flabbergasted, surprised, and then not surprised, like, of course, but, but surprised, like, oh my gosh, that this could happen, that we could, I could get this information and find some 3D nugget, some bit of trail of the information. Or in my case, I found a photo of my great, great grandmother that was so revealing, um, so things show up. Like I'd never seen that photo before. Um, and, and all this, it just shows up. So I mention this because as we do this work, we all have access to this. When I talk about it being amazing and miraculous, like that's not me being special. That's me sharing a story of truth around what is possible when we ask and when we do the work, because part of it is just doing our own human homework around it. So it's all, it's possible for all of us to meet this type of connection. And then in my case, I've done a couple rituals since that had brought that healing a little further forward, but it's still, there's still a chunk of the line that is just being held in a cocoon of prayer right now that um, there isn't uh, that connection or that flow through yet. And that's okay. 
that's where it is right now. And that's what I'm holding. And just the key being, I'm not hold. I'm holding space for it, but I'm asking for the guide to do the work. I'm not doing the heavy lifting. I'm holding space. I'm asking questions. I'm, I'm creating the rituals, but I'm asking for the help and the boundaries and the support of the well ones so that they're doing that work. And that's incredibly relieving. I think a lot of us walk around carrying the heaviness of the load and we don't have to carry it. So this connection with intact lineage and vibrancy is what makes it possible then to be more fully who we are, to be free of the burdens of the way that that was held through our lines, you know, so that we have forgiveness, we get clearer on the reparations we need to make in the 3D world. Let's be clear. It isn't always just like, oh, it's happy hunky-dory now and I don't have to do anything. Like, no, you know, it may be that, oh, there's some mending and tending that needs to happen and maybe your involvement in 3D world is really important for that. But the, it starts with, like, can we make the relationship and ask for the support? And then see what happens because relationships in the 3D world start to shift without even actively trying to. So this is the journey to me of healing in our ancestry that I believe we're, as we all do, you know, as we meet and do the work for ourselves, anti-racism work, ancestral healing work, embodied unwinding somatic experiencing of what our own personal and intergenerational traumas have been and cultural systemic traumas so that we can unwind these things from our bodies and our bodies respond differently to each other. This is all work we have to do ourselves, but we don't have to do it alone. Do it with each other, with community. So with this, I want to invite taking a breath of gratitude, we're going to take a short break and come back to feel and connect with our bodies and the wisdom of our ancestors. Thank you for joining us today. You are listening live to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Leslie Blackburn has a new website. It's clear, authentic, and mobile-friendly. Let's work together. You can find radio podcasts, videocasts, and more free resources, along with information on classes and workshops at leslieblackburn.com. Are you feeling horrified by the racial injustices and not sure what to do? Are you feeling anxious and activated, having a hard time settling? Are you ready for more pleasure as you are also doing your soul work? Join others like you. Sacred Body Circles are online monthly via Zoom and allow us to stay connected, support our own nervous system health, and trust being in our power. To meet this work together as a community and deeply listen to our bodies. This month, we seek in, sink in with the ancestors and listen to our body wisdom for guidance in these times. As part of the Sacred Body Circles, you will receive guided experiential practices of connecting with your body and the land, ways to let go of the old stories and open to your own vital force, and much more. To participate in the Sacred Body Circles, simply join the $15 per month tier at Leslie's Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Leslie Blackburn. Sign up now for instant access to the past recordings, as well as access to join us for the next one, which will be on Thursday, October 22nd. The address again to sign up is patreon.com slash Leslie Blackburn. Leslie offers private sessions and has helped many hundreds of individuals and couples over years on their path of sacred sexuality. Sessions are available remotely by Zoom, Skype, or phone from anywhere on the planet. See details at leslieblackburn.com and reach out there to set up a time. The best way to get announcements about upcoming events, as well as inspirational stories, videos, and radio show archives, is to subscribe to the email newsletter by clicking on the link on the website, leslieblackburn.com. And now back to your host, Leslie Blackburn.
as we meet our ancestors and open to hearing and learning and knowing the real history and reclaiming our intact connection to belonging with the land, with intact, vibrant culture, we no longer have to mm, rely on other ways of soothing and belonging and connecting. So there's a grounded presence of aliveness that we can hold and hold with others and eliminates this sort of ways in which we get trapped in fear and in hatred and in false senses of belonging that don't serve others and they don't serve ourselves even if they seem to on the surface. But together, we're doing our work for ourselves and our work for our fellow beings, anti-racism work and other anti-oppression work for lesbian, gay, trans, queer, them, women, we do this work so that we, because our liberation is connected, tied into each other, we are all connected. So as we support the work of rising others up into equity, we're actually liberating ourselves. And that through going into our self-healing and our ancestral healing, we actually do support others. Take a moment now to feel your body. Remember being here in one. Ah, to exhale with a little sound. And this time, open your eyes. Look around. Turn your head relative to your shoulders. What do you see in the space around you? What's catching your eye? What's delighting you? Noticing a little jade plant reaching towards the sun in my window. And smile with the delight that this is part of the space around you. <sighs> Turn a little bit further to look behind you. Turning at the waist, actually turning your body physically to look behind you relative to your lower body. Just notice what you see, what's there, what's physically present with you now. And then turn the other way, turning your head first, at your waist, turning your body, if this is available to you, to notice the space behind you. Even if you know what's there. And then coming back to center. So with a breath of gratitude, Sending love and light for your day. Be well. Thank you for joining us today for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you'd like to contact Leslie, please visit her website, leslieblackburn.com. Leslie is also available for private sessions remotely, and you can find more information about this at the website. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and have a beautiful day. Join us again next time for continued support on your path of self-realization. The power is within you to heal your body, connect deeply with others, Manifest your heart's desires and experience your deepest bliss. By our healing, we impact others, inspiring love for humanity and the planet. Thank you for joining us for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.